Hello there, welcome to episode 72 of Nevermind the Bullens. I'm Mike Peters, this is your bite-sized Everton podcast and vodcast. Uh, 72, also a reference to the number of glasses of wine I drank uh, to uh, get through uh, last night's match. That has nothing to do uh, with me sounding like I do right now, that's just a cold. The latest in a series of colds uh, that I'm fighting uh, on all fronts. At least somebody's fighting on all fronts, because Everton don't seem to be able to do it. Uh, So if you do want any... um, you know, new perfume, uh, voiceovers done. Um, now's the time to ask me, maybe capitulation for men. Uh, then the voice is absolutely perfect uh, for that. Um, because I think this might be another extended edition. I should warn you, uh, after episode 70 in the uh, in the analysis of the Watford uh, debacle, uh, because we managed to pick up almost inexplicably where we left off at the end of that game last night. And yet again... We seem to do this every autumn. We did it last year under Carlo Ancelotti where we set off you know, like a train at the start of the season when our opening four matches looked brilliant with top of the league and then went to Southampton, lost, and then lost our next couple after that as well. And just the wheels seem to come off. It's like a clown car with Everton. And we seem to do it every single year. And watching the game last night, particularly the first half, which was just rank, um, you might have guessed I'm quite quite annoyed uh, after last night's performance, because it's not a one-off, it's a series. It's a, uh, you know, am I just under Rafa Benitez? This is, goes back years uh, with some of these, some of these players, and it speaks to a sort of a deeper truth and a, a deeper issue, a fundamental issue almost within the club and within the psyche of the club, and particularly within the psyche of the playing staff. And it, when are we going to actually address this? Because I, I looked at it, I'm thinking this is a throwback to some of the stuff we watched under Marco Silva, where you're thinking, what's the plan here? What what are we trying to do? It was it was just, there was, when you've got open, I'd say revolt might be a strong word, but players publicly questioning each other and frantically pointing fingers 15 minutes into a Premier League match, you know something's not right. Um, for the record, I don't think, you know, the, the fault lies with um, Rafa Benitez. I don't think... Uh, obviously, fault does lie with him in terms of the personnel that he picked and the system. But I think the problem is not going to be solved by sacking him. I think that's, a, a, you know, baby out with the bathwater scenario. I'm not, absolutely not uh, sort of espousing that at all. But we need to find what on earth is going on because the the, the, the disconnect between the defenders and the midfield was absolutely remarkable. Now... Jean-Philippe Gabamin, it was great to see him playing, but there's no good playing him if he's not ready. Now, I know that we can't make a judgment on him because we need to see him play 10 or 15 games in a row. Whether we'll ever see that, who knows? But I was pleased that he started because that's a £25 million footballer we've got there and we need to try and you know, utilise him. We can't afford to continually be wasting money. And I, a lot of time to think about the amount of money that has been wasted. And I have talked about this before. And I, he's a bet noir of this podcast because it gives me so much material. But Alex Awobi, yet again, last night, actually had me telling him to go forth and multiply. I screamed at the television midway through eating my Chinese takeaway. And my other half sat next to me. She didn't understand why I was getting so cross. Text me brother, who I know listens to this podcast, and I told him that I told Iwobi to do one. He knew exactly the moment that I was talking about, and it was about 20 minutes from the end. The ball goes down the right-hand side, and he's got a 70-30 there. He can win that ball easily, and he somehow managed to not only not win it, get bypassed by 
the Wolves player who won the ball from him in a challenge that he should never have lost. And then it went past Seamus Coleman as well. And I'm thinking, right, you just... It's simply not good enough. In the first 15, 15, 20 minutes, I don't think he had a touch. Richarlison and Damari Gray, I don't think, had a touch. We were so on the defensive. And Wolves, to be fair to them, played well. Thoroughly deserved the win. There is absolutely no qualms there. But we made it so easy for them. With the lack of, you know, a system and just lack of adaptation. You could see what was coming before the half an hour's out. And I think at first half hour, I'm thinking, do you know what? He needs to make a change here. Be proactive don't wait because the game was over by half time when we were two down you think there's no chance of us getting back I, I saw a stat this morning on Opta which suggested that we says that we have never ever won a Premier League match when we've been two goals down at half time I think it's happened 70 times which is a damning statistic in itself but we've managed to draw five of those games and lose the other 65 now you know coming back from two goals down is difficult I acknowledge that for any team, but that's a terrible, terrible indictment of, of, of Everton's lack of fortitude and just throwing in the towel at half-time. They can't even, you know, even if they'd managed to draw 20 of those games and, and, you know, win 10, draw 20 and lose 40, you could go, yeah, that's fine. But to have never won one and only drawn five of them is pathetic. Now, you know, generally I try to be pragmatic on this podcast, but I'm looking at that team last night and I'm thinking... How many of them do we really want to really see in the future? I know we're missing some big players um, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin made a big statement with that those big lapels he was wearing on Sky last night. Um, I did have somebody who sent me a meme this morning that suggested that he looked like Ted Bovis from Heidi High, Paul Shane for the uninitiated. And I thought, oh yeah, that's very good. It was very funny. That was a one moment of amusement in a fairly dreadful Monday evening. But still... Yeah, we're missing him. We're missing Yerry Mina. And obviously, Yerry Mina, who I've been, always been a bit unsure... Well, not always been a bit unsure about. But certainly for his first 18 months of the club, I just thought, I don't think he's quite what... You know, I just didn't trust him. But the, the, the statistics of when he's with us and when he's not playing are are damning. Um, I, I Mason Holgate has come in last night. There's so many players off the boil at the minute. Mason Holgate, I'm not sure that he's ever going to... He's, he's, he's flattered to deceive. He's been really good for a period. It was I'm trying to think, was it, I think it was last season. He was poor last season. But it was the season before last he was good. And then he's been poor now for a, a year and a half. And he made some really silly challenges. The challenge that where there was the debate in the second half about whether it was a penalty or whether it was outside the box. Either way, it was an absolutely dreadful challenge. Um, ben Godfrey makes a, a poor mistake last night, gives away the second goal. He's clearly not the player we saw last season. I have... Complete confidence that he will get back to that level. He's starting to get there, but that was a horrible, horrible error. Michael Keane. I wonder whether... I've talked about him before in terms of being a confidence player, but I just wonder whether he is the answer long-term for us. Um, You know, we, we signed him four years ago. I don't think he's any better now than he was when we signed him. He's been on the cusp of the England squad, and I think there are other players. Ben Godfrey, for one, who have gone screaming past him. He's not improved. He's flatlined. And I'm looking at that squad going, right, who who do we build the team around for the next generation? Because Rafa Benitez talked in his pre-match comments about, uh, that I saw, uh, talked about January. 
We've got two months to get through before that. We've got some massive games, starting with Tottenham on Sunday, obviously. They'll have Antonio Conte in. They will get a reaction. I have no doubt about that. We're on a hiding to nothing. Then we've got City coming up. We've got Arsenal. We've got Liverpool. You know, there are big, big games coming up. And I'm thinking, we're already 10th now. We've dropped off the pace. We've got to get ourselves back on the cusp of the top four if we won last night. Not that we, I think we are that, that good, but still... I'm thinking, well, where's the next win coming from at this at this rate? Because I just don't see it coming in the next couple of games, the way we are playing at the minute, until we get those players back. Now, a play, you know, a team shorn of probably three of its key players starting at 11, you know, the spine of its team, really, is going to struggle. Um, I, I mentioned this in, in episode 70, the amount of sort of first-teamers that we are missing. And it says all that, that you know, we bring Fabian Delph on, who's one of those that, you know, a, a player that we signed that could have been great. It was a gamble. It hasn't really worked. But he was better and certainly more proactive and certainly was more vocal um, than Jean-Philippe Gabamin. Uh, Alan played further forward with much better second half. And he's a curious one as well for me, Alan. I just didn't... He was so off it. in the. He just didn't screen, didn't give the back for any protection in that first half last night. And I'm just thinking, well, what's the game plan here? So is he now playing as a number eight? He played second half. Is that the position that we need to play him in for the next few weeks until Abdullah Decoro is fit again? I think it might be. If he's fit enough to start on Sunday, Delph, play him. Get an hour out of him and then get Tom Davis on. You know, if that's what we have to do, that is what we have to do. I'll look at Seamus Coleman. And Seamus, to a degree, sort of embodies the frustration. If you're there at Watford, against Watford, you saw the, the, the clear anger from him in the way that we performed and the way that we capitulated. And he's trying to articulate, and he clearly understands the fans' frustration. He clearly frustrated last night, that thing where he booted the ball into the hoarding uh, early on, and he's arguing with his teammates. He is frust- as frustrated as we are. And I think as well, he's partly frustrated with his own form and his own inability, because there's no question that he is nowhere near the player that he was before he broke his leg. And I'm just wondering, you know... Is it? We have to make that decision now. There are players there that are just we're carrying too many passengers. Um, I think Michael Keane is one of them. I'm going to put my head above the parapet. I think Luca Dean's been dreadful this season, but I still think he's a quality player. I think Mason Holgate to me not good enough. Uh, Seamus Coleman not good enough. Alex Awobi has never been good enough. Gabamin no idea, but he's got to be given a, a run of games to try and see if he is good enough. Uh, Allen lacks pace. Tom Davis, not good enough. Andros Townsend was better yesterday, but he's clearly not a long-term solution. He started the season really well, put some good balls in. And it says to everything, where I thought actually the man to bring on was Jenk Tosin. Because because I just thought, actually, Richarlison wasn't holding the ball up. We needed somebody to be able to hit as we were going more direct in the second half. And I thought, actually, Tosin, I would rather get on. Because I think with if we get one chance with him, you know, in the last five, ten minutes, he's a much better finisher than Rondon is. And I thought that's where we're going. A guy that has flattered to deceive, run him out on loan. He's clearly not been wanted at the club for a couple of years now. And yet I'm thinking, yep, he's the best bet to bring on. With it, You know, with 10, 15, I'm thinking 20 minutes to go, I wanted him to come on. I thought that says everything about where that squad is currently at and the amount of major surgery that needs to be done to it. And the issue I have is that the players that I've mentioned, the key players, Mina, Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Abdullah Decore, 
um, Luca Dean. How long are they going to stick around and play in a mid-table team? Jordan Pickford as well. How long are they going to stick around and play in a mid-table team with the, some of the rubbish that they're carrying next to them? It's just... I, 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 I just... I really, really worry. I'm not one for knee-jerking or panicking, but this is a much more deeper and more long-held sort of decline or, or, or flatlining or plateauing of our recruitment of coaching of attitude um and it, 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 it has to be sorted i don't care i mean you know i'm sat here wearing an england cricket top one thing i'm actually proud of at the minute that i support and i'm looking at, at you know yorkshire um and all the issues that they've ha- having and the and the, 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 the complete bungling they've made of this azim rafiq um case it's an absolute disaster from top to bottom and you know you know suggesting that they reviewed things and root and branch reviews needed and all the rest of it i'm thinking that's exactly what needs to happen with everton there needs to be a root and branch internal review of recruitment of the 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 dialogue that occurs between the director of football since we've had a director of football in the club in the last five years and the coaching staff and the manager in terms of recruitment in terms of financing in terms of who is signing the players because clearly something is very, very broken within that. And the, and we saw the, the end game of that with the, the, the lack of recruitment in the summer or the, the fact that Rafa Benitez had his hands completely tied. Now, I think he has to be given the benefit of the doubt. You can't change it overnight. He's tried to get rid of some players. We've got rid of some. But a lot of those players are players that were signed, obviously by previous managers, but for a huge amount of money and huge wages and have been only marginal successes or failures. You know, you'd go back now to since Fab Mashiri's come in and I can't, you know, he puts the money in. Um, he's made some mistakes in terms of managerial appointments. He's refused to take advice from people. Um, but ultimately, Everton is his baby. Therefore, he can do with it what he, what he wants. But looking at the money that he's put into transfers, we are, we've spent half a billion quid Oh, there or thereabouts over the last five years since he came in. And we are no further forward now than we were when he came in. The amount of players that we have signed who have just been complete wastes of money. And we could sit here for half an hour discussing them at length. You don't need me to tell you who they are. You know who they are. When does that stop? When do we get a structure in place within the club that actually gets these things 90% of the time at least correct because we haven't had that so what is it is it the people that we've got there is it the way that 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 structure is is functioning because something is seriously amiss and Everton needs to review this internally I don't care what the the outcome of it is as long as the I don't need to know what the outcome is we don't need to know what the outcome is as long as we see the outcome being better football on the pitch and winning football matches and a better atmosphere amongst the fans. That's what we want. End of end of. It's the top and bottom of it. So that is absolutely needing to be happening. Will it happen? If it does, when will it happen? I don't know. The simple fact is, I'm fearing for the next couple of months. If that is the squad that's got to carry us through till January, we are going to be in the lower reaches of the table and going to have an awful long way to go in January 
uh, to get in terms of trying to get players in and trying to get ourselves up the league. And it rules out any chance of us getting in Europe this season. All we can hope for is a, is a cup run. That's the way I feel right now. Feel free to let me know how you feel at NMTBpod. Uh, on Twitter, nmtvpod at gmail.com on the email. You can leave me a voice note uh, via the uh, description uh, on the podcast. And until next time, this has been a top content production. I shall be back after the Tottenham game. Let's keep the faith. Come on, you blues. (laughs) 